Welcome to Bleachers and Speakers. I'm your host, June, and I got my NFC North comrades here with me, my FFSN affiliates from the Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings. And then there's Foster, just plain old Foster. But I'll let them introduce themselves and let them uh, talk a little bit about their uh, where you can find and listen to them at. Uh, we'll start with you, Dave, because uh, this is as good as a monologue I can get. And if you go right after that, it kind of like spruces everything up. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm Dave from Vikings First and Skull, where the Vikings are already moving into off-season mode. Rumors are flying everywhere. People need to take their time and dissect where the information comes from before going off the handle. And then Vikings land, Vikings Twitter, all you got to do is go over there and watch. And it's absolutely hilarious and frustrating as fans get all sorts of panicked and worked up over the simplest of things. And we know that aren't going to happen, but it is what it is. Now we got to figure out how to keep up with the Joneses in the division. And that means all three teams, the Packers, the Lions, and even the Bears look to be in better position than my Minnesota Vikings. But we'll get more into that after the season's over. First, we have playoff football to talk about, but I'm going to pass it off to Pay from the Windy City, representing the Bear Claw Podcast. There was no playoff talk. <laughs> you passing it off this way. <laughs> I'm, I'm Pay from the Bear Claw Pod, also found on Fans First Sports Network. It's, as Dave said, we have a long offseason ahead. The best thing going so far right now is there might be a little bit of hope around, over the horizon. But I don't want to take up too much time. This is a a playoff talk show. Let's talk about the playoffs. Well, <clears throat> well, Foster, go ahead and introduce your introduce yourself. And uh, uh it's uh, Foster, the other half of Bleachers to Speakers. Um, I'm the other host of the Lions uh, Fans First Network affiliate, and uh, he's still alive. Still alive. Yeah. Um, before we get into the current regime of who's in the playoffs and talk about the games, I have a question and I want uh, each of you to, to chime in on. There was a point in the season where Philly was 10 and one. Right. And they looked every bit of the team to beat at one point. I want to ask you guys, and we can start off with Dave. What happened to Philly? There was some some injuries, but I think it's I think it's a mental thing. Whether it's Coach Seriani or the team just had enough. It's the post Super Bowl hangover. We all know that at least one team out of the two that go to the Super Bowl usually has a hangover the next year. Mm -hmm. Well, this year. The Eagles started out fast, and they looked almost unbeatable, but things started unraveling relatively early towards midseason, and we were watching, how are they keep winning these games? And that 
just took a toll, and eventually they didn't, and they started looking like garbage, and they got beat this last weekend. Yeah, started to unravel. Payne, what do you think about it? I think the biggest thing they take from this is they lost both their coordinators after last season, and mm-hmm. I think they got figured out. I think the new the new people that took over on defense and on offense, they got figured out around the league and they got figured out fast. Jalen Hurts had a regression. Um, everyone, in fact, everyone on the offense had a regression from from Hurts on down to Kelsey. I, I would I would leave maybe Swift and maybe AJ Brown out of that, but I think that was the biggest thing that they they a what Dave said they had a reg- they had a little hangover. I think that was noticeable in the, in the first month of the season. They just didn't have the same punches that they had last year. Maybe that was a little bit of the hangover. Maybe that was a little bit of, you know, they were smelling their own uh, stench. So, but as, as as the weeks went on, it it became fairly obvious that they didn't believe in the the play um, the plan on Sunday, and what the plan that they went out there with was not working against the defenses. Everyone had an answer for everything that they came came out there with you can only do the tush push for so many times <laughs> um, i think they didn't have enough opportunity to do the tush push like that wasn't the issue like getting to the goal line was an issue uh foster what do you think um i feel like there was definitely some by the end of the year there was definitely some coaching issues with the whole um patricia calling the plays and Sending the one of the sending that one guy up to the booth, um, you know, maybe the, the <laughs> wait, hold on. Of CD you said you said that one guy, and I think you know who that one guy is, and you just don't want to say his name. He's he's we, gone. He's now. He's about as far as, right. Yeah, he, he's yeah, gone yeah, now. We, we said, you can let it go, names, but no. Nah, um, <laughs> he's talking about Matt Patricia. Yeah, but yeah, That's I mean, he's talking Matt, about Matt Patricia. Patricia. The, yeah, he well, doesn't want to talk and, about Matt. On the defensive Patrick. plays. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like it had a lot to do. It had a lot to do with coaching. They obviously lost C.J. Gardner Johnson, and he was, um, you know, I don't think he's as appreciated, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, but yeah, it, it was a mul- it was a multitude of reasons, and uh, I'm happy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and that brings like that. that brings another team that I question. Because um, me and Foster, Foster pointed out something, and they kind of, they kind of backpedaled to the end of the season, and it was the ultimate, the the demise. You guys might not want to give this their opponent uh, any credit. We talk about Dallas Cowboys and what happened to them in the playoffs, but. Uh, I didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't notice what actually happened to Foster. Pointed it out. If you look at it, uh, they had the win versus uh, the Lions. Uh, they lost to Miami. They lost to um, what was the other team? The Bills. Buffalo. It was a bad lo- loss to the Bills, and um, and they beat a Washington team. So it's like. Me watching this and thinking about it like, hey, wait a minute. The the past few games into the at the end of the season didn't look very promising for them. They didn't look very good. 
Um, everybody looks good versus Washington, um, unfortunately, this season. But uh, what do you think about Dallas, Dave? We, I mean, outside of the <laughs> – can you elaborate on the choking? Uh, Dallas had almost, what, 30 years now of bent-up frustration where they fail in the playoffs. I didn't expect them to fail in the opening round of the playoffs this season, but I expected them to fail. They flat out couldn't put it together at all. They couldn't pull their heads out of their collective hind ends, and they looked beat from the get-go, you know, right after kickoff. And that is so disappointing to all of us that were rooting for Dallas to actually win that game, but it was sad. Now, the question is, it's been quiet in Dallas so far. We have not heard anything, whether Jerry Jones is going to fire Mike McCarthy or not. We don't, Dallas, the thing with Dallas, they've had what, three back-to-back-to-back 12-win seasons, 13-win seasons, Mm -hmm. and they're going one and out in the playoffs. That just that frustrates a fan base to no end. And it eventually leads to people being fired, whether you might like it or not. Other teams would love to have that sort of record. But it's it's Dallas. Dallas wants to win. Jerry Jones would like to get another Super Bowl before he dies. And he's, you know, nearing that time period. So I it was That's a sad it's, affair. It's rough. <laughs> hey, what is your take on the Dallas Cowboys? Who who did it better, Reggie Miller or the Dallas Cowboys? Who who choked? <laughs> wow, yeah. I, Dave, your sentiments are shared over this way, man. It was all the road for Dallas to finally get back to the championship game. A place they haven't been since '96. It was paved with gold. They had the youngest team in the league first round. They had another relatively young league, uh, um, team standing in front of them if Detroit had went ahead and uh, moved on as well. It was right there for them, and they just fumbled. Not, they turned it over, not unlike how they did so many times this past weekend. But that that was amazing. The, I think the Packers started with they started the game twenty four to nothing. Yeah, wow. It was <laughs> and it was it it was the the final score didn't tell didn't tell the whole story. No. <laughs> that, it the Packers that had close. no no it wasn't the Packers didn't have, didn't break a sweat. That was an embarrassing type of loss. There's no way Mark McCarthy keeps his job. Well, and the Packers. And uh, Packers even pulled out their starters there towards the end of the game. They had to put them back in because it was getting a little too close for comfort. But they pulled them out for a whole section of time, and they were playing backups. The score was so bad. Foster, um, for those that don't know, Foster is kind of like a Cowboys fan. He likes – if there's a second team, that's his. Uh Foster, what do you – T- tell me, tell us something about Dallas. What happened? Well, just to, well, just to explain, I, you know, when you grow up and you first start watching football games, if you didn't watch nothing else, you watch the Thanksgiving games. So, of course, Dallas and Detroit always played. You know, yeah. I, I, and I actually, 
And I actually supported them more post, post uh, like Aikman and Emmett Smith and all that, more in the Quincy Carter and Rocket Ishmael. Like, so that was mm, right. down, you know, that wasn't even the high. That's how you know you're a real fan is if you can support them when they, you know, have jokers like that on the team. But um, at any any rate, um, yeah, they just were not prepared. Uh, they, yeah, out the gate were, didn't look like they belonged. Um, you know, for them to be at home and to have the type of, um, you know, a, a, a semi-favorable road for them to uh, trip out the gate like that, um, it was it was kind of crazy to see. I mean, everybody talks and jokes about how, you know, Dak Prescott, and even back when Tony Romo was around, they were pretty good then too. That's always been the stigma is that they just, you know, no matter how well they play, they don't get the job done for whatever reason. So um, it was pretty, it, it was kind of almost too um, fitting that, that, you know, Dakota Prescott gets, you know, throws almost nearly two pick sixes. One of them, um, I don't know if it was the first, the first one was first a pick. One and, down. Yeah, where he caught it and he got up and he kind of got contact. touched in Barely. the back of the, Yeah, so, his leg, so. Hit it with his leg. Right. And then the other one was obviously an actual pick six. I mean, it, it's one thing to throw an interception, but to throw it interceptions, uh, you know, in on your side of the 50 and to allow them to score on it like that's it doesn't get any worse than that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the Packers the Packers are rolling. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, which, this which, game wasn't even close. This wasn't even like like I think people expected. Hey, if the you know the Packers may be able to hang or you know you know hang around for a half or two, but um, but for them to pretty much lay them out cold um, from the gate like that, it's interesting. That's all I can. I, you know, I don't want to go too. I don't want to go too hard. Well, for them in their defense, but but we, love was we, almost, we have we which brings my next point, which yeah. we have to. Grit our teeth and bear it. Uh, no oh. pun there, um, Pay. But how good is Green Bay? And Dave, you can uh, give us, you can chime in on your thoughts on how good we Green Bay is. Because the last part of the year, they've uh, they've looked apart. Yeah, the first part they didn't. They looked way disjointed. And we were saying, ha, ha, they're not going to have that third quarterback in a row. Well, now it looks like they're going to have that third quarterback in a row. Jordan Love, however, as brilliant as he can play, does have some of his, some bad moments as well. He did not get a lot of pressure against the Cowboys. That's going to change this weekend against the Niners because that Niner defensive line is ferocious. It's mm -hmm. going to be interesting to see. How good are they? They're good enough to finish second in the NFC North. Now, will they be able to keep that next season? I don't know. They've got some off-season issues they're going to be looking at as well. But the fact that they found their quarterback, what looks like they found their quarterback, and he's under contract next year, I think they have a chance to go out swinging this weekend. But I'll give it just that. And the spread is so big, I would take them on the spread. 
but I'm not going to take him to win. Perry, I, I know it's not the most uh, pleasant thing, can, but can you chime in on the Packers? Oh, my goodness, man. It's <laughs> – I mean, on one hand, they are 7-2 and two since, the, uh, since Thanksgiving. But if you look at the schedule, it's – it's not super convincing, so I think that was that's a good reason as to why we kind of brushed it off. Um, that yeah, Spools go yeah, they're they're winning some games, they're stacking up some wins. They still needed to win a game in Week 18 to get get to where they are. On the other hand, Jordan Love did throw for 30 touchdowns. He did. Mm. He that is that's something you can't sniff at. I, I'm not. I, I don't remember the last time I seen my quarterback do that. So. The professional. I don't professional. Dude said he was professional. Yes. He looked he definitely looked the part. He looked he he came in with his briefcase and got down to business. I I, I cannot fault him on that. Uh the but how good are they? None of the metrics tell you that they're an over that they're a good team. Everything if if you're looking at this from a statistical and data analysis standpoint. Nothing tells you that they're a good team. They're, they're an average team. Maybe they call fire, you know, a little bit late. You know, that happens in football. You get on a roll and, you know, things snowball. Or they're just catching teams at the right time. We shall find out uh, Saturday. Boss? Um. Yeah, I mean – I definitely share the, the sentiments about the fact that they're catching fire at the right time. And, you know, um, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think that San Francisco is world beaters. Um, Jordan Love is Jordan Love. Is, is Brock Purdy better than Jordan Love? Are we, are we, are we willing to confidently say that? Um, yes. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess. But who is Jordan Love throwing to? Can you name a receiver? I can't. Unfortunately. I mean, I can name the, their last names because they're on the back of the jerseys. But, like, going into the year, I don't think if you had not mentioned Christian Watson, I would be like, he's got nobody to throw to. And now Aaron Jones is catching fire. Aaron Jones has been has been a problem as of recently. And that only bodes and, – and when Love – like. We, we, the first time we played him in Lambeau, we were able to get to him and he was all disoriented. But Jordan Love is a guy that if he, that if he can find time, he makes it look rather easy. Like the way he's incorporated the Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the sidearm. And I know I don't want to see that anymore because Stafford gave us enough of that last week, you know, so. If I had to put money on it in a straight up situation, I would probably lean towards 49ers, but I am a I am a definitely a, a proprietor of momentum and and building on that week after week. And uh in doing what they did to Dallas, you know, we can look at history and say, yeah, they were supposed to we didn't see that we didn't see that coming. And and now, I feel like sometimes when you're young, when you're a young team, you don't even know that you're supposed to be rattled in because you're just you're just playing. And, and the way that they're playing right now, I don't, I don't think they're like, oh, we're going into San Francisco. I, don't, I feel like they're like, nah, we, we, 
we're the best we're the best team in the NFC in their eyes. And uh, you know, the, the the sting of that Thanksgiving game, you said seven two since Thanksgiving, that is still I still feel that. And that was another game that that game was never close. That was a no. butt whooping from the gate. From the first snap, it was a I think the first snap, right? First drive, yeah. So um yeah, the, the metrics and the you know how you look at you know the, the where their rank their defense ranks and we probably couldn't have saw two near pick sixes within the metrics either. So sometimes sometimes striking you know striking at the right time it, it plays a factor. But eventually you 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 can definitely you know you you hit a wall eventually, and and this weekend it may be that week, but I wouldn't be shocked. If they, if they be the 49ers. All right, let's get to a break. And on the other side, we'll talk some more about uh, the remaining games left over in the playoffs. And we're back. I want to talk about the remaining matchups in the playoffs. Um, I don't have the list offhand, but I can mention a game we can talk about. Foster, if you can look up those games for me to see what's remaining. But uh, I know the very uh, game we just talked. Let's talk about Lions versus Tampa Bay. Um, And there's uh, no no punches held or anything. Tampa Bay did a magnificent job versus uh, uh, Philly, especially in the second half. I want to know, uh, and we'll start with Pay this time. Pay, what's your thoughts on this upcoming game, Tampa Bay at Detroit? Ooh, I do like. I I, I love what what this ref um, rebirth story from Baker. It, it, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't, especially football players they don't deserve you know these type of uh re reborn you know uh rise from the phoenix type of arcs but baker put it all put it all on the line in a contracts year for the team that drafted him number one and it just didn't work out for him he crapped out he was almost he was doing scout team defense with uh carolina he was uh, he was about to be out the league and then he 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 got he got he got wind. He's he's caught it back, and he he's balled out. He is. He played. He's played an amazing game. He should have had four hundred yards passing against Philadelphia. They, I mean, it, it was he was that lightning hot. Um, however, going into this game, I think the the challenge is is a lot more difficult. We talked about Philly. We don't think Philly was up to the task. We think Philly was ready. I think they they already checked into their Cancun hotels. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> Detroit, you you all saw that uh you all saw that locker room uh, celebration after that after that win. Uh, the general manager, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Dan Campbell, so much energy in there. They are they are here for blood. They don't want they don't want to stop this party no time soon. <laughs> Party in like it's 1957. Tampa's got a <laughs> Tampa's got a, a bigger challenge on their hands because Detroit's going to come. <laughs> Pause. The Detroit's offense, it is 
so potent. I don't know if Tampa Bay can withstand that angle and return fire on the other end. It's it was a it's a great story for Tampa. I'm happy they won the South. They out of all those things, they deserved it the most. But it's 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 a I, I can't imagine a, a a cogent argument to have them into the championship game. Mm. The, close, the closest argument would be: Can the Detroit Lions secondary hold up to what is sure to be a relatively high-flying attack against them? By said Baker Mayfield, and I agree with you, Pay. I think his story this year has been fantastic. But you're right about the energy. The energy from the fans was remarkable. They're showing people cutting away to, this man is 93 years old, and he hasn't seen a winning game since 1957. And, you know, and he's, and he's in the stands, and he's smiling, and he's crying, and it's just, it was. it's a wonderful story for Detroit. It's It's going to be hard for them to come into Detroit and spoil the day. The only way that's going to happen is if Detroit starts reading too many of their press own press clippings, which I don't think Dan Campbell's going to allow them to do. But I think Detroit's on a mission, and I think they should defeat Tampa Bay this weekend. And the Baker Mayfield story is fantastic. He'll get himself probably a starting quarterback contract, and he'll be a starting quarterback either in Tampa or someplace else is coming up next season but i think the the roar will continue as we watch detroit win this weekend in advance to the nfc championship game foster how do you feel about this matchup i'm feeling good um i'm really excited about the fact that we were able to get that second home game back um things really kind of fell into place as far as that's concerned um, we're going to go, going up against a team that we already faced at their house. We only gave up six points to them. Um, their offense looked really looked really good last week. Overall, their passing attack is kind of middle of the pack. Um, Eagles were not able to tackle at all. I think that if if they a lot of the yards they gave up were after the catch, where they just plain were not able to wrap up. Um, Tampa Bay is last in the league in um, running the ball. We're already pretty tough against the run anyways, but um, I mean, I think that makes things easier on us. I feel like we can really um, pin our ears back and get after Baker Mayfield. The pass rush was kind of shaky last week. Um, Hutch did get two sacks, but not too much of anything else happened. Aleem McNeil did get home a couple of times and, um, you know, hurt Stafford a couple of times. You know, he hurt his hand one time and then I think Hutch hit him into, hit into McNeil and he nearly probably had a concussion on that play. Um, but as far as what my biggest concerns are, is Tampa Bay does get after the quarterback. They got Kalaja Kansi, they got um, Devontae David. And um, so they're, they're pretty tough up front and, and they're pretty, pretty tough against the run. So that's what I'm, fo- that's what I see as being our biggest 
uh, concern is, is going up against their front, but we got one of the better offensive lines in the game. Um, lastly, even well, getting still in that game that, that we won 20 to six, we had a lot of guys injured in that game. We had some depth on the defensive line that was injured. Jameer Gibbs was hurt. Um, Sam Laporta was questionable. Brian Branch was out. Um, so we were pretty shorthanded in that game as is. And um, when, when it comes down to it, I think that once again, the home field advantage is definitely to be a major intangible um, for us. Because if, if it was loud for the Stafford game, obviously that was a very emotional and nerve-wracking, anxiety-filled game um, with all that was on the line with that. But it's going to be even great. It's going to be even crazier um, this weekend. And uh, yeah, they, I think the Bucks are going to get theirs as usual as far as um, as far as getting some pass yards on on our secondary. Um, that looks, you know, got burnt a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like, but I almost feel like that's still chemistry between um, C.D. Deuce and Cam Sutton, um, the lack thereof working against us. And I, I think that we're still, we're, we're, we're building and, 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 um, and, and we're, we're, we're building that, we're building that momentum going downhill. So, yeah. All right. What are the AFC matchups for this week here? Uh, Houston Texans uh, play Baltimore to open the round on Saturday afternoon. Okay, let's talk and about that. Let's, we'll get to the next game, but let's talk about the Houston Texans, which I was thoroughly impressed uh, in their uh, their first playoff game, and versus uh, Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. Pay, I'm gonna let you start it off. Uh, what do you think about this matchup here? This is a good one. This is this is the most interesting game of the weekend, in my in my opinion. The presumptive favorite for MVP, Lamar Jackson, uh, at home against the presumptive offensive rookie of the year uh, winner, C.J. Stroud. After they just annihilated the Cleveland Browns, uh, again another one of those games from last weekend that was never close. C.J. Stroud looks every bit the dog that he has, that the stats show you. Yeah, three touchdowns, real easy stuff going on over there. Baltimore's got their work cut out for him. I've been saying on other channels throughout the season on Fans First Sports Network that I actually think Baltimore's defense is number one. I know Cleveland, they went I pretty much wire to wire, statistically is the best defense. But also, I always thought Baltimore was really the actual best defense out, out there. They've been hell on quarterbacks all season. And now, <laughs> see, that, that young man's going to put them to the test. It's, it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, Houston, Texas, their defense, on, for them, for everything that they've uh, accomplished, their defense doesn't get the type of mention that their offense does. Stingley, uh, Will Anderson. And the rest of those guys, they are they are not to be trifled with. So Lamar, I, you know, he's got this. He's got a lot of pressure coming into this uh, playoff round as well. Not as much as um, Josh Allen and Dakota, as Foster called them. Not as much pressure as they had. <laughs> but he had. He's got only got one playoff uh, win so far in his career, 
he might and he probably he might have more MVP awards than playoff wins as of right now. So the detractors, they're still circling around, even though he had a great season. They're still circling those buzzards. They are, they, they are circling MNT Stadium and like waiting on them. So he's got to show out. Dave, how do you like this matchup? Uh, I think Baltimore's going to take it. The, as great as C.J. Stroud has been as a rookie, and by golly, he has been, it's fantastic to see a rookie quarterback do this well, especially one from Ohio State. Um, but I think he's going to get to Baltimore. They play outside in the weather. The weather isn't going to be very nice. It's not like playing in Houston under a dome. I think that may affect them a bit, just like the Baltimore defense. I think it's going to be a relatively close and entertaining game. I look forward to watching it, but I think Baltimore is going to walk away with this one. If it's Boston. a close game, that puts all the pressure back on Baltimore because they, again, these are things that I've been saying all season. They will be undefeated if they didn't beat themselves. They let, they let that team hang around. You can be on the lookout. That's why it's can't miss football. <laughs> got to be able to watch it. Foster. Yeah, you guys got, uh, covered that pretty well. Um, I, yeah, I think that going into to Baltimore in the second round, that's going to be a lot um, for a rookie quarterback to um, overcome. Um, he's already gotten a lot of praise around the league from veterans, you know, that, you know, he's advanced and far beyond his years. Um, and, I'm definitely pulling for him. You know, I don't necessarily want to see Baltimore again. So, um, you know, do your thing, young man. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it, 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 it's hard for me to to think that he would be able to uh, you know, withstand everything that Baltimore's got. They are tough. It's a tough team. Okay. Okay. And the uh... – the other AFC matchup, and I believe that's Kansas Jeez. City versus who? Who do they play? The Buffalo. The Bills. Buffalo. Uh hey, tell me about this matchup. What do you think? Personally, I'm tired of these two teams playing. <laughs> man. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, man. Every every time they play, you know, the loser gets everybody get the up in arms, and now they got to change the rules just for, just because of these two teams. I, I'm 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 about tired of it. But if Buffalo was ever going to beat Kansas City, it would have to be now. Yeah. If if anybody had a shot at dethroning Kansas City, it needs to be Buffalo in this round because if you let them build up enough inertia and get into the championship game somewhere, they do not need, they do not deserve to be. If you look at their season as it's been so far, a championship team, they are not. <laughs> but if you let them get to get that playoff mojo going, you know, get those get those juices flowing, look out. They might they might they might just mess around and repeat. Um well, but on that same side, same side of that token, Buffalo has not been the same team as they've been in years past as well. Both yeah. teams both teams are are not that not that great. Um, the one thing that's working in Buffalo's favor, now they have home field advantage. Now they've run, they've decided to run the ball a lot more. The only thing is the same thing has always killed Buffalo. 
the whiskey, the whiskey tango foxtrot from Josh Allen. Those type of, you know, what are you doing plays? Turn the ridiculous turnovers, things like that. Even from James Cook, they're running back. Um, if can they go out there and do that same stuff out there in the cold and Kansas City capitalizing as a as a champion does, look out. Mm-hmm. Dave. It's the first time that Patrick Mahomes is not playing a home game in the playoffs. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Ever. Ever. And that, that to me, is very interesting. And I agree with you, Pay. Kansas City sort of doesn't deserve it. They haven't had the quality team this season. They need wide receivers that can actually catch the ball. Travis Kelsey um, looks a little washed or at least whipped. Um, And uh, we're going to get that in the booth also because she's supposed to be there. On Sunday, she's supposed to be there for the rest of the playoff run for the Chiefs, and she's good for football. I admit that, but they do not, they're not the same team they were, whereas Buffalo, who usually starts out on fire looking great, and then sputters down at the end, and they all start bickering at each other. Well, this year is sort of a reversal of that. They started bickering at each other at the beginning, and then suddenly they've put it together. And they're playing very good football. So June is right. If if there's a time for Buffalo to beat Kansas City, it's now. It'll be this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be 21 and windy. I don't see feet and feet of snow. Let's see. What is it? Let me make sure that's the case. Saturday or Sunday, 26. Partly cloudy, wind, winds 11 miles an hour. So it should be a, a balmy day in Baltimore or in Buffalo. Not too bad. Not for this time of year. No. No. Considering it was, what, negative 30 in Kansas City last weekend. Foster. Yeah, the Bills, um, I think they're more, yeah, I think home, home field advantage is definitely going to be a major key, even though it wasn't very warm in Kansas City or it was, it was freezing in the city for their game. But I think that their, their style of play, um, the Bills, is, is much more conducive to their elements. Um, they got, um, I think they have the edge running, you know, running the ball. I don't think Pacheco is kind of a cold weather inside the tackles guy. Um, and I think that um, they got the, they got the two-headed monster at tight end, the Kincaid and Knox. I think that they... Um, I think the Knox have two. I, they each had touchdowns. I don't know if if one had, but they each had touchdowns. Um, and I, I think that just screams that you know blue collar, you know hard nosed footballs when you can get your your tight end the ball. And uh, yeah, I think they'll be able to control it. And then their their quarterback is a runner in itself. That 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 run that fifty two yard run he had where um, he bounced off the defender and got in the end zone. They didn't even want to. They didn't even want to catch. It. I mean, Allen's a pretty fast dude, but it was like, eh, I, I don't, I don't even want to bother trying to, you know, run up on this dude. So, um, I, I think that that will bode well for them. And yeah, it's definitely a major adjustment that, 
that the Chiefs would, are going to have to make on the fly. And with Kelsey, um, you know, looking like he's, I wouldn't say in the twilight of his career, but just very um, not, you know, not like himself uh, this year. And, you know, you just don't know what they're going to get from the receivers uh, between Rice. and Rice had a pretty good game, but Rice and uh, the dude from the Giants, what's his name? Start with a T. The last name starts with a T, but he's been oh, dropping. Kadarius Tony. Tony. Yes. He did us a favor in our I, game. I, I, I thought he I, – I, wasn't he cut? Is he gone? He might be. He might be. Uh, yeah, he wasn't – he didn't He didn't have a stat. So he may be cut, but, you know, that, that speaks volumes in it in itself. It looks like Rice, well, yeah, Rice and Kelsey had most of catches last game. But anyways, yeah, I, yeah, I think that, yeah, they, they just don't have enough weapons and the Bills are more equipped for the the personnel in that, in that particular scenario. Let's get to a quick break and then we'll wrap this up with the last uh, uh, prediction for the, for the weekend there. I think we chimed in a little bit uh, about the uh, Packers in San Francisco before, uh, um, but uh, just just to make sure, what are your predictions on this uh, this game in particular? Uh, what do you see happening? And we'll start off with Dave Packers at San Francisco. I think the Packers' dream ends in San Francisco. They're going to come. There's always the debate for the number one seats. Is it rest or is it rust? And I think they've got some good rest. I think they're going to be ready. They're going to be schemed up. And the defensive line of the Niners is just going to demolish love. It's going to be a bad and sad day for those that live in Cheeseland. Hmm. Foster. Um, yeah, if I, if I had to bet money, I, I would bet it on, you know, San Francisco having extra time to get healthy and prepare. Um, but we will see, cause I'm, I'm not really that com- confident in, in just writing Green Bay off. Pay. San Francisco's a playoff experience team. I, d- I doubt they will be a rusty squad. They did play their guys majority of the time during week 18. Um, this is so I'll take week 19 as a just a a bye week. Extra time for the coaches to get all the information they need and to have their guys prepared to go out there and smoke that cheese. They are going to go ahead and take care of business. I think I don't want to be too, too disrespectful. Let me I'll just say 14, 14 points margin. Okay. Okay. I think that's all the matchups we have for this weekend. Um, We talked about the matchups. We talked about uh, the teams that fell off earlier. Just a quick recap of what we talked about. And uh, we have, we don't have a Green Bay affiliate here, but 
we do not want to go without talking about the Bears in Minnesota going forward. Um, so we talk about this. We talked about this a couple times, Pay, and I just I'm just curious. I've, I've been watching the mock drafts, and I don't know if you paid attention, but what are you seeing, and what direction do you think you're going with Justin Fields as far as uh, the draft is concerned? Me personally. I'm kind of scared of Justin Fields' ceiling. It's just a matter of him getting there. But you can chime in on your thoughts about your team there. Well, the, as far as the Bears, the only news the Bears have to contribute to the NFC North this week is Caleb Williams declaring for the draft. Once that once that domino fell, we can start putting the plan into action as far as what we do for the draft. But before all that, the Bears need to hire some coaches. They only have three coaches on staff at this point. Number one, the most important is the offensive coordinator. Um, that's going to determine largely where the Bears go in this, in this draft. Um, they've had some names in the building so far, the most notably Greg Roman, former San Francisco Niners and Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. Why is that important? That kind of points you to believe that the Bears are considering keeping Justin on. Yeah, uh, if you remember, Colin Kaepernick had his best season with Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator. Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson's MVP season had Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator. So you know, it, it, the um, it's kind of it, a lot of people in, in the Bear lands thinks like, okay, if they do mess around and hire Greg Roman, we understand where this is going. Um, as of right now, they have not hired anybody. Greg Roman had one interview. They have not decided that they were going to bring him back for another one. Uh, what I see them doing, I don't see them making a decision anytime soon. I see they stringing this out for as long as they can, maybe get some more teams out of the playoffs, get some more interviews available just to cross all the T's and dot all the I's, which they should, something they should be doing. Try to get the best man available for the job. And and that will be somebody who can sell them on the direction. I, I feel that Pope Ryan Poles is leaning more towards Caleb Williams. But as you all know, in a job interview, you need to sell yourself on, you know, um, for your for that for that role. And if somebody comes in there and sells them their their vision of Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, whichever the case, that would be the guy that they hire. Uh, like I said, so we shall see. Once they hire how offensive corner, you can very much, you know, draw your conclusions from that about where they go in the draft. Well, what you guys have, which none of us do, is you have five picks in the top one hundred as of right now, which is mm. sweet. Mm. It's a good draft coming up, too. Lions have four. Packers have, what do they have? They have three. And the Vikings have two. Mm. Yeah, it's a good draft. Um, Dave, mm. direction, Vikings. I mean, I know you have a whole show that's going to talk about it, but you give us a, yeah, a couple tonight of Tonight at 6 o'clock, the real 4 no show, we're discussing – what are the biggest needs of the Vikings? Because there's a lot of holes. Uh, the direction. Well, you can talk about uh, instead of the needs, you can talk about your your personal. Uh, you have two picks. 
personally, you can talk about the, the picks that you'd like to see Minnesota get. Well, presently, we sit at 11. If we want one of the top QBs reported in the draft, we're going to need to move up. But that will be at a heavy cost. Do we want to do that? Or do we want to sit where we are and target one of the top edges, right? Because we need pass rush badly. And then see who falls to us at 42. Maybe we get J.J. McCarthy at 42. A lot of people think he'll probably get drafted in the first round. The best would be to sit there, go through the bottom of the first round and try to get back in. Uh, But it all depends on what they plan to do with Kirk Cousins. And but I'd like to see our Q, QB of the future, no matter what, and how the Vikings are going to make this decision is going to make or break this current administration. They've only been on the job for two years, but they need to figure out: do they go with the quarterback of the future, whoever that is? I'd love Jaden Daniels, um, but or do they go same old, same old, and just? chalk up this season to a bunch of injuries. I don't know. Most of the fans don't know. That's what drives everybody crazy. Right, right. Uh, got a comment I'd like to read. Uh, Richard Bossler says, Lions had the strongest momentum of all the teams. Reminds me when the Red Wings won the Cup in 1997. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good momentum. Green Bay has uh, their momentum is we and Foster talked about uh, is, is going pretty good from a momentum standpoint. Foster, um, we, we, we're not going to leave this without talking about the Lions gets. Me and Foster got a show we're going to talk about. We're going to have our own little mock draft coming up. So, but uh, on bleachers to speakers? Yes. Yes. Definitely a beat on bleachers to speakers. I'll have to tune into that one. Tune into that one. Tune in that one. It's gonna take a it's gonna be after the season and it's gonna probably take us a couple weeks to or about a week to do the research and stuff like that. So but me and Foster is gonna do a whole show. It's not gonna be the entire draft. It's just gonna be a, a combat a composite of the draft picks we're going to pick uh from where we stand and we're gonna use other mock drafts to kind of figure out who's gonna be left and try to narrow it down and and come to uh, uh, an agreement on who we think the Lions should pick with their four picks. But Foster. Who's available at number 32? Right. <laughs> right. Well, Foster, uh, glaring needs for the Lions. Me and you have talked about this, uh, and I think those needs are still prevalent. So, But you can still chime in on. Uh, what do you think the Lions should look for in this draft? A hundred percent. A hundred percent a cornerback. Um, I think that's a definitely quite the you know consensus. Um, uh, halfway through the year, we said, okay, Jerry Jacobs isn't the guy on the other side, but Cam Sutton, we can count on Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton has had some struggles um, as of late. Um, and not at the best time, but um, yes, we, we definitely need to get some um, assistance in the way of cornerbacks, whether it's the draft. Um, I'd love to see a, a 
let's go get one early on in the in the draft. Um, but I'm not opposed to us re-looking into signing some in free agency. Obviously, mostly played one game and I think one or two plays in um, ended up tearing his ACL or Achilles, something like that. But um, yeah, we de we definitely need to revisit the cornerback uh, position and um, an edge rusher to go. If, if we can get another guy that had that can in any way be as um, half of a threat as Aiden Hutchinson, that will do wonders for everything, um, including our secondary, to have to be able to get pressure at a more um, consistent rate. So um, those are the those are the big ones, but I would say who the best available out of those two positions at the spot that we're at the spot that we're picking at wherever that is. Okay. Okay. Well, that will wrap it up for this week. I just uh Okay, hold on a second. That'll wrap it up for this week. Um I, I don't know how if we're going to do a show. I would love to continue doing this show until the season's end. Um, I was under the impression, like, I was just thinking, well, maybe these guys don't want to do the show anymore with, this, with you know, with the playoffs being here. But I would love, personally, I would love to be here next Wednesday and any other following Wednesdays as long as I don't care if any team, I don't all the way up to the Super Bowl if possible. Um, even after that, I wouldn't would mind uh, uh what are your thoughts uh gang on this uh show continuing on wednesday oh everybody's waiting on this show come uh yeah. come wednesday wednesday evening thursday afternoon i mean thursday morning this is I, the nfc is looking forward to this i get all sorts of feedback they love this show great great <laughs> even the dog even the dog get excited yeah, uh, Merlin's gotten excited over it. He wants it too. All we need is a Packers contributor, though. Yes, if um, if you're listening and you're a Green Bay Packers fan, and I pray for you, um, we could use another affiliate uh, effort. Just get in contact with any of us. Um, we'll link you to FFSN. And if you're interested in doing a podcast on Green Bay, uh, you know, just reach out. I mean, you could even start today if you'd like. I mean, there's still uh, football season left. We can get you acclimated in anything. Any way we could help, uh, we'll do so. Pay. Hey, uh, what's, what's your show schedule and what's your show called and where can people find your show and all that good stuff? Oh, <clears throat> Chicago Bears have been in off-season mode for a little while now. So on the over on the Bear Claw pod, we've got an off-season schedule too to keep up. We are start we have started a series called Justin versus Caleb. It is the biggest debate in in the around the league so far. So we're going to have guests on, we're going to debate this from both sides and it's going to it's going to be a pretty good time outside of that we've going to hit every every emergency pod when it comes we hire officer coordinator expect the show when we when it's time for the draft expect a lot of coverage on that 
We're also doing deep dive uh, reviews on the offense, the defense, Eberflus, Ryan Poles' acquisitions. So we're going to, we're going to keep you in, ent entertained and engaged as all things Chicago Bears coming up all for the next seven to eight months until it's time to go back to camp. You can always you can find all this information, all this great content anywhere you get your pods. That is Apple, Spotify, Google while they're still around, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, tune in. All of these places, we are right there for you. Ask Alesta. Play the Bear Claw Pod. She'll take care of you. Dave, your shows. Over at Vikings First and Skull, we have a series of shows. We have the Real Forno Show with Tyler Fornas, executive editor over at Vikings Wire for USA Today. He comes on. He does quite a bit. Tonight's the Real Forno Show, which I've talked about before, where we're looking at what's the biggest needs for the Vikings. He has also started, and we're well into the Skull Search series, where we're looking at draft profiles of players. Tyler one of his other jobs is writing for the College Football Network. He does draft. He's been doing it for years. He sits there and he watches film after film. He, film, he grinds the tape. He gets the all 22 of the college versions, and he looks at it. He'll be going down here in less than two weeks down to Mobile to cover the Senior Bowl, and then he'll be off to the Combine when that time comes. We've started that last one we did. We published this morning was on Michael Penix Jr. Could Michael Penix Jr. be the next Vikings quarterback? Well, he started off well. He's already worn purple. So not that that's a requirement, but it helps. Daniels too. Daniels yeah. Oh, Jaden Daniels. You betcha, baby. Jaden Daniels is the right color of purple with the gold. So um, we have that. We have Justin Day who gives his pontifications from a fan's perspective on he's one of our shows he's one of our podcast only shows and then we have two old bloggers which is myself and darren campbell who have been blogging for over two decades apiece we do a long form show uh it's more of a sunday type show where you're, we're getting into deep topics and this this weekend's topic the first one is uh about the nfc north are the Vikings falling behind? What are they going to need to do to stay up or surpass everybody in the North? And it's a good question because it looks like we're slipping, slipping, sliding away, even behind the Bears. Oh, we mm. haven't seen that as Vikings fans in forever, <laughs> and it's driving us all nuts. But all that can be found over at Vikings First and Skull, whether it be the YouTube page, whether it be your favorite podcast aggregator no matter which one it is and over at fans first sports network the website under vikings or vikings first and .com, you'll find our writings and we've got a couple of series of the draft profiles already started so if you're looking to find somebody and you want to see how they might fit go check it out sounds sounds pretty good uh, you can catch me and Foster, uh, Motor City Metrics, that's the YouTube. And you can also subscribe to our new channel, which is Bleacher Speaker on YouTube. And you can catch us, catch our shows on all podcast streaming platforms, FFSN, uh, Bleachers and Speakers. We also do the Pistons uh, shows. 
Yes, um, it hurts. We do the Pistons shows. Also, the same. Uh, the name of the show is a uh, post game podcast, and you can catch us there on Motor City Metrics uh, as well, and all the same uh, streaming platforms we talked about. Uh, just FFS post game podcast at FFSN. You'll find us. Foster, you have anything you want to add? Let's keep this ride going. Not ready for the end yet. <laughs> guys, I am I am I'm very I feel very privileged working with you guys. Uh even outside of the shows, just the chatting and everything else. So I appreciate you all. And uh I mean I mean I you know this is uh this is pretty dope. This is a dope gathering. We need another we need a Green Bay affiliate though to make it complete though. Next season, I hope. Uh, there's a Green Bay affiliate. We've had two different ones this year and just didn't pan out. So uh, I want you guys to enjoy your evening and uh, have uh, be safe. I don't know how the weather is around your parts of town, but it's going to be snowing here in Detroit, uh, near Detroit, the past next couple of days. It's already cold, but it's going to warm up to 17 degrees so it can snow. So hang in there. God bless y'all.